welcome to Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, the podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Keanu Reeves. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode by my co-hosts. She almost let Anna Ferris tear us apart. Whitney Nelson. <laughs> Hello, everybody. And he might be able to get you into a meeting of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee if they're not in a closed session. Eric Hall. Hi, kids. <laughs> it's great to have great to have you back, Eric. Does this make up for some of the other ones that we had you on prior? I mean, we'll get to my feelings about cats. <laughs> and we'll get to my feelings about this movie. Okay. Uh, but yes, I am currently quarantining with a house full of, sometimes six? I lose count. Uh, yes, six cats and a dog. So uh, this is right up my alley. <laughs> it's close to home. Got it. <laughs> uh, as we always do, up top, I want to mention, you can find the website at coolbreezepod.com, email us coolbreezepod at gmail.com, or hit us up on Twitter at coolbreezepod. Uh, this is from, actually would have been from last week, but listener Melissa Chanka uh, wrote in with her thoughts on the film Exposed, and I just missed the email. So sorry, Melissa. This is the, this is the makeup for that. But uh, suffice it to say, her thoughts closely mirror our own. And she summed it up quite nicely with this line. Whitney, here we go. I don't Wait, know if hang I... on. You didn't share the, pap- the Dropbox paper. What? That's I was just trying very to open likely. it, and I was like, wait, hang on, I don't have this. Here. I Andrew's- swear to God, this is the least professional <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's, in the, it's in the chat. Oh, Eric's I'm here. I don't know how searching. Eric figured it out. There you go. Because I'm a professional, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's so professional, he figured out a way around our foolproof system. Yeah. Melissa said, I don't know if I hated it. Or if I'm just so numb to bad Keanu movies at this point that it didn't even register. Yeah. (laughs) Melissa also notes that she thought our John Wick and Knock Knock reviews were fabulous in her words. So we must be doing something right. Thank you, Melissa. Those that's always it's always nice to hear not only that you agree with us on the things that we believe to be not so great, but also when we do a good job. So I see Zodi. I see uh, Zodi. <laughs> Zoe. I Zoe see Jody. It's the combi- It's the combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, if uh, they're on Periscope right now, if you're watching live on Periscope or Twitch, you can chime in with your two cents. Have us read your comments aloud and agree or debate or whatever we're going to do here. And then finally, if have you want to be excellent with to us, <laughs> right? This is cocktail o'clock right now. <laughs> uh, so you could we could do that. That's a thing. Oh, that's fun. Su- surprisingly, Andrew isn't drinking. I feel like I should. I feel like I have no excuse for what's going on. I have too many buttons to press. I'm going to put up a screenshot of like what my screen looks like for a recording. It is not, it is not great. It is very cluttered. I couldn't, I couldn't do it drunk. But uh, if you want to be excellent to us, please share the show with your friends. Rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, that always helps. So with all that stuff out of the way, very excited. Eric, tell us what we're here to talk about today. Today we were talking about the film Keanu, which is probably good since this podcast is about Keanu. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, plot mm-hmm. <laughs> the plot synopsis is that when an adorable kitten uh, that belongs to an L.A. crime kingpin unexpectedly enters the life of two cousins, they will have to go through tough gangs, pitiless hitmen, and ruthless drug dealers who all claim him, the cat, to get him back. How hard can it be? Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Yep. 
this movie was written and directed by Peter Atencio, who directed every episode of Key and Peele and, and a bunch of other television shows. Uh, the cast is a murderer's row of comedy from mm-hmm. Jordan Peele, Keegan-Michael Key, Tiffany Haddish, Will Forte, and then you've got, oh, sorry, Rob Hubel. And then you've got like Method Man, Louis Guzman, and Nia Long in there in supporting roles. <laughs> it's so good. Every time someone shows up, you're like, oh, th- I, I, it's funny. I saw this movie in the theaters and I didn't remember that Tiffany Haddish was in it. Yeah. Well, I think this was pre-Haddish. I think like yeah. Girls Trip didn't happen until a few years after this. And that was when she really, that's when I first heard about her. Yeah, um, I think this this was before her breakout. Mm-hmm. So it was fun to go back and see her in an earlier role. Because I had no idea she was in it either um, until she came on screen. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> So, uh, Whitney, what did the critics say about this movie? All right. Well, we have a certified fresh film, y'all. Finally. Nice. 77% <laughs> critically reviewed. It is, however, 55% audience reviewed, which is wild what? to me. What? That there would be that much of a disparity in a comedy between the critics and the audience is really weird. I was not expecting that at all. Yeah. Usually it goes the other way, right? Usually it's the other way around. Yeah. The the critics don't give it enough credit and the audience loves it. Not so this time. We have a critic quote from Leslie Comeau of Cinema Siren, who says, as a clever, kooky comedy with the expected touch of satire usually served up by its stars, Keanu is repeatedly watchable for the fans of Key and Peele, as well as fans of Kittens Everywhere. (laughs) Nice. Um, On Rotten Tomatoes, user Eugene B. gave it three and a half out of five stars and says, it's a glorified episode of Key and Peele that has enough humor to cover up the pure nonsense. Keanu combines cute kitty love and the quirky duo of its leads for a silly, wacky film that is senseless to its core, but capable of a good number of laughs along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have review from Zoe, friend of the show. Zoe! Who wrote in to say, Keanu the film. A few belly laughs, mostly smiling. I liked this one. Needed this after the debacle of the last two films. <laughs> and can I just say, amen, Zoe. <laughs> I am right yeah. there with you on that. And then Zoe also reviewed Keanu the kitten. <laughs> Possibly the cutest kitten ever. A total scene stealer. Grabbed my poor isolated heart. And then the kitty spoke and dropped a wisdom bomb. We'll get to that. I think I cried with laughter. My sides definitely hurt. I feel better now. Awesome. So that's what Zoe has to say. <laughs> oh, gosh. It does feel good to watch a movie that you don't actively hate the whole time, (laughs) right? We've had a rough go of it the last few films. It is a big relief uh, for sure. I I had ice cream delivered and I just ate like a lot of ice cream and watched Keanu and I was like, this is the most fun I've had doing homework for the podcast in a while. (laughs) Right. There's not not as much Keanu. However, 
It's the quality of the Keanu. It's the quality that counts in this case. I would case. definitely say this is like 200% quality Keanu for the brief <laughs> moment that there is Keanu. Right. Not a lot of density, but... Got it where good. it counts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I think Eric should go first. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're the most qualified person here to talk about this film. So please kick us off. So uh, I love Cam Peel. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Jordan Peele. I love his wife, Chelsea Peretti. Yeah. I love Cats. Um, <laughs> Not the movie Cats, to be... Uh, no, no, sorry. <laughs> very the animal. explicit. Yeah, let's <laughs> clarify the animal right now. Right. Um, this movie works for me. I, I, like, I say all that to say this should be like a complete home run for me. I do have some like quibbles with it. Um, mm-hmm. It's very, it's very clear this is their first movie after doing a sketch show, um, mm-hmm. because each sort of scene or or you know works kind of as a sketch. Yeah. Like it's it's a bunch yeah. of vignettes tied together vaguely with a plot. Right. Um. So no, if you know that going in, it's fantastic. It's not. It's not a like full solid script. I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as what it does, I mean, Kim Peel's best sketches worked. Um, they are both, uh, biracial. Um, their best sketches work at the level of code switching. Yeah. So like linguistically code switching is like maybe shifting back and forth between languages, but uh, like from a social perspective, it is, you know, how you choose to behave based on the social situation. So um, like my favorite key and peel code ske- switching sketch was, it was the simple sketch of Obama shaking hands with people in a line <laughs> yeah. and he would completely switch mm-hmm. how he interacted with that person, depending mm-hmm. on how they were there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that is basically what this whole movie is. Um, you know, these two nerds, um, there, this kitten gets stolen and in order to recover it, they have to kind of go undercover, um, with a bunch of like stereotypical gangbangers. Um, you know, and it's about, it's a, it's a happy ending comedy. So it's about how they change the gangbangers, but how the gangbangers also <laughs> change them. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it's it's uh serviceably shot there's nothing there was nothing in it that that was groundbreaking as far as the filmmaking um but i do love the way that the the flipping on the wall was shot both times that it happened <laughs> with key and peel um yeah. i thought that they the the like nod to matrixy keanu type stuff without going overboard and changing the visual language of the film up until that point, like it was shot like a comedy and they, they did some of that special effects stuff and some of the shootouts and whatever, but they didn't change the visual language to an action movie. They kept it a comedy. I mean, I think they kind of did, but they did it specifically in those scenes with the, the Allentown boys. Mm -hmm. So like the opening of that film like you sit down and you're like, I'm going to watch a movie about Key and Peele and a cat. And the first scene of the movie is a bloody shootout where two hitmen 
<laughs> raid like a drug kingpin. Which I do um, have yeah. to say to me was much more Tarantino than it was like John Wick or The Matrix, but that was just me. I, I don't feel like John Wick, there's a lot of death, but there's not as much gore. There was a lot of like, there was blood everywhere in this beginning scene. And I don't know that that they were necessarily aping a specific style as much as yeah. they, th in the same way that Edgar Wright fully understands movies that he's homaging, like mm -hmm. they just understood the visual language of an action movie. So yeah. in those scenes with the Allentown guys, it it's just... It, could be a whole different crew shooting those scenes. Right, but that's why I love when they didn't change the visual language when it was Key and Peele doing yep. in the action scenarios. It was like still from a comedy perspective because they already set up the visual language of an action film with when it's not Key and Peele. So it enhanced the awkwardness in a way that I thought was very, very funny. Um, everybody is doing a phenomenal job in this movie. Um, you know, Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele didn't have to prove that they were funny to anybody. Mm -hmm. um, but like Method Man is always kind of hit or miss when you put him in a movie. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um, and he definitely uh, pulled it out. I have to say, I think my, uh, my favorite side character is Will Forte's Hulka. He's so funny. Oh, that's interesting because I have a whole thing. He was my least favorite character yeah. by far. Okay. So that's interesting to me that both of you liked him. I, I read it as not an indictment, but as a parody of a, a certain type of person that... For sure. And I do, I do see where they were going with it, yeah. but I don't think... I personally, and I, I like him a lot, I don't think Will Forte was the way to go with him. Okay. Um, I don't think he reads as the the sort of stereotype that they were trying to portray. So for me, there was like a mismatch there. I definitely get the character, like the idea behind gotcha. him and what they were talking the about. I just, I just think that the casting specifically, Will Forte is too over the top. And I feel like for something where you're, I don't know, for that it didn't work for me. But I get where the character is coming from. And I That's thought that fair. the character had funny lines. Like there was a lot of funny stuff around that character. All of the stuff with him in the trunk and then into the other trunk, <laughs> I was laughing very loud. But I just didn't, it didn't fully play like I wanted it to. Well, my favorite bit that was definitely something they just put in for hip hop fans is when we meet him, he's like talking about his record collection he knows everything about hip-hop but when you mm -hmm. meet him he's listening to a novelty act from the 90s <laughs> called young black teenagers uh -huh. and the the hook of the young black teenagers is they were all white so <laughs> it just it was I just mean, it's a, that's a really good setup for what they're doing here. yeah yeah um but yeah it's a it's a it's a fun story um you you sort of have to go along for the ride. It, it hits the fantastical of like the third act of a sketch. It hits that fantastical element um, towards the end. Um, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Whitney, want to follow up? Uh, sure. I mean, I think that what really, I mean, this movie is funny. It was silly. It was definitely 
There was never a suspension of disbelief. Nothing about this movie was realistic in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> um, what? But I do think that there is, I think, maybe no one alive today that can incisively do racial comedy without playing on certain like stereotypes, doing it in a way that's not punching down. Because I feel like all racial comedy is punching down in one way or another, regardless of who's doing it. Um, it's very hard in a very sensitive culture and time. And I feel like I don't know what it is about Key and Peele that are so good at doing it in a way that's funny for everybody. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I just don't know. They're so good at it. It's like they're the main thing that makes them geniuses. Like, they're funny people. <laughs> And they're good at different roles and uh, different sketches. I think that they have a hard time, like any sketch comedians, they have a hard time getting out of a story once they've set it up and delivered the punchline. And I think that's kind of the issue with this movie as well, is like Key and Peele have great ideas and they're like, we're going to do this, this and this. And this is the big joke. Like the the teacher with the names. That sketch is great, but goes on for about one minute longer than it should for the, like, ultimate laughs. They just don't get out soon enough. And I feel like that about most Key and Peele. I kind of felt like that about this movie. Overall, super fun, super funny. I laughed out loud multiple times. I could not have possibly asked for a cuter kitten, although I'm sure it's multiple kittens. There's... Because... In movies, each kitten that is trained to do a different thing. So, like, the kitten that's running is different than the kitten that's scratching, which is different than the kitten that's meowing. Like, I don't know how many kittens there were, but they were all... Uh, the most believable part of that movie is all of these <laughs> gang members and whatever fighting over wanting ownership of this kitten because it's so, so cute. That was the most believable part of this movie. So they did a good job <laughs> with the cats. I do think it was fun the way that they tied... So many movies together. It's clearly a sort of a satire and humor by f movie nerds, by people who are fans of movies. And not yep. just Keanu, although there are a lot of Keanu references in this, both visually and in the story and in, you know, the visual like calendar stuff, like the kitten in the point break picture of the calendar and whatever. Um, but I think that as people who are making pretend action movie essentially they did a really really good job of sending it up with while still honoring it which i feel like is really hard to do when you're doing comedy you can either kind of skewer the the kinds of movies that you're like making fun of or you can basically just make the kind of movies that you're making fun of it's very hard to both send them up and honor them at the same time and yeah. i think this movie does a good job of that overall i had fun I had a lot of fun with this movie and the kitten was super cute and I thought that they were, you know, as incisive as ever uh, with their comedy and, and race relations and code switching and all that sort of stuff was was well done and never once made me feel awkward as a biracial person that has nothing to do with anything that's going on. I never once felt weird about watching it. Um, so that was nice. But yeah, I uh, I enjoyed it. And obviously... I don't know. Do we want to talk about Keanu now or do we want to talk about Keanu when we get to that point in the movie? I don't, I mean, that's it. This is your episode. So you can, you run this. So what do you want to do? I think, <laughs> I think I'll just say Keanu's 
very brief moment in this movie is perfect and amazing yeah. and glorious. And <laughs> I I know that we have an audio clip that we're going to play when we... So I'm going to wait till we break it down to go into specifically how he appears in this movie. But it is very brief, but it is a shining moment. Uh, and I actually think that John Wick... And this movie is what set off the Keanu songs. Nothing between John Wick and Keanu <laughs> had anything to do with the Keanu songs at all. Wait, there were movies between this? No, no. Canonically, oh, okay. we, we agree. Yeah. There are no movies between John Wick and Keanu. But oh. this is like when um, Neil Patrick Harris was in Harold and Kumar. And it completely revived his career in a way that, like, he had not seen that kind of popularity and, yeah. and like, crowd getting behind, like, rallying behind him as a celebrity. Harold and Kumar set that off for Neil Patrick Harris. I think this movie with Keanu's participation has more to do with the Keanu sons than I ever realized. Cause I had never seen this up until now. And clearly, I mean, it's a, about Keanu. They make jokes about the name, meaning cool breeze. They, yes. you know, do a bunch of send ups of Keanu type movies. There's matrix stuff. There's John wick stuff. There's a, a lot of things in here, but I think that it's Keanu making fun of himself in the way that he appears in this movie. That is part of why everyone rallied behind him and why we saw the Keanu sons. I think it's John Wick and this as a combo is like a one-two punch for everyone being like, no, he's the coolest guy on the planet. I think there were so many years of people not appreciating him. Yeah, I, I wonder, it, it's not making fun of him either. It's legitimately like, he, it, it's, we're joking with him, not at him. I wonder like what they were going to do. Like, what if Keanu said no to this? Like, would the, <laughs> would the movie still be named Keanu? I don't, I don't know. It's well, it, it kind I, of all hinged on him being. I like, think they would have. I think they would have gone on without the kitten's guidance. And in the, yeah, they form. just would have cut that very small. Yeah, <laughs> thirty I think, second because it doesn't make or break the movie. True, that's true. I think they wrote it so that if he agreed, they were like hype and they could do this. But they were going to do this whether or not he agreed because, you know, he doesn't have the rights to the name Keanu, so he can't stop him. And yeah. they don't outright explicitly say most other things that Keanu has done other than the Point Break poster part of the calendar. <laughs> um, so I think they would have gone ahead even if Keanu hadn't been part of it, he, if he had not signed on. He, um, I remember this from when I saw the movie in the theater at, that scene was a reshoot. He reached out to them and and asked to be part of it somehow. So Wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so um it, I I think he just was so charmed by it. I don't I don't think it was anything else. I mean it's Keanu Reeves. <laughs> there was certainly nothing yeah. Machiavellian about it. Uh, <laughs> I, I if I remember correctly, I think he saw the trailer and and was just smitten and asked if he could do something and he was shooting something else so um his cameo had to be uh you know brief and mm -hmm. it makes it makes sense that it shot the way that it shot mm -hmm. um it would it would almost be i'm trying to say this without spoiling it 
We, uh, I'll I mean, it's it fine. We can it. just spoil. <laughs> yeah. Just go for it. Don't worry about it. We don't do that here. It would almost be a bummer if he actually appeared in this movie. <laughs> yes. Totally agree. Like, I yeah. think the way that he was in this movie is it's perfect. perfect. If yeah, he yeah. actually, as a person, had shown up at any point, it would not have made sense. And it would have been so wild that yeah. I think it would have taken me out of it. Yeah, it's it's way more fun to do it the way that they ended up doing it. That's awesome. We have actually Zoe in the chat said. And Jody. Jody confirmed. Both of them both of them say that they heard that his sister actually is the one that said do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. His his like agent, I guess, or whatever, said no, don't, but his sister told him, go ahead. And that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Zoe, his body was not needed. <laughs> A sentence that's never been uttered any other time. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I noticed that the chat wants to do a drinking game every time we say kitten. So nope, hopefully we I'll don't die. kill anyone today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I told them I'm already tipsy. I cannot I wish you all well. do a shot every time someone says kitten. <laughs> because Guys, don't do that. There's a lot of kitten coming up. Yikes. And you're just within the past 30 seconds, three, four times maybe? Uh, Andrew. How did you feel about this movie? So I had seen this movie before, and mm -hmm. this this really I laughed a lot through this movie, which mm -hmm. is no surprise. I loved Key and, I loved Key and Peele's sketch show beforehand, and basically everything they've gone on to do separately. I have really, really enjoyed. The one thing I want to say that I agree with both of you is that it's very competently shot, right? And it's mm -hmm. it's very consistent, and you can and I'm repeating exactly what you said, Whitney, but it definitely it bears repeating is like you could tell that because the three of them are collaborators, Atencio, uh, Peter Atencio, Jordan and Keegan, they mm -hmm. love movies, mm -hmm. right? You and can tell throughout this whole movie yes. that this movie was made because they love movies. Yeah. And that to me is the reason why it, I mean, you take these two guys and they are very funny and they are very incisive and they have great commentary about, race and stereotypes and things like that. And then you pair that with Peter Atencio and who I believe is probably the same cinematographer. And that is to me what made Key and Peele the show so compelling is because it was shot so well. Like if you take other sketch shows that have existed, even recent like Chappelle show or even some of the early SNL digital shorts, you're like, mm -hmm. Oh, okay. This was kind of, you know, this was, this was put together and it's fine. And there's some production value, but like you watch a key and peel skit, especially in the later seasons, you're like, holy shit. There's, they took the time. There is money on the screen here and mm -hmm. it looks great. And this movie is that right. Mm -hmm. It, it doesn't look like a huge multi, you know, hundred million dollar movie, but it looks very, very good. And that's something they've been, I guess they were able to refine over the course of making the show mm -hmm. so that they can do a lot with a little. Well, Which and then is cool. Atencio went on to do, I don't know if you saw the Amazon show, the Jean-Claude Van Johnson. I have seen some of that. Yes. Not and all of it. Atencio went on to shoot that where he's, he's basically making like a Jean-Claude Van Damme film every week. <laughs> but I love it's it. like a spoof of a Jean-Claude Van Damme film starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's pretty amazing in concept. In execution, I got a little bored. Uh -huh. But in concept, it is hysterical and amazing. I just couldn't f 
sit there long enough every week because it was the same thing kind of over and over again with each episode for me. So it, yeah. it lost its charm pretty quickly. But if it's something that you're interested in, it's especially like this movie. It is very much the same sort of thing where it's like watching a parody of, of Jean-Claude Van Damme movies with every episode only it's starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> the, Which, the concept kudos is... to him. Because if you, if you asked me what one person is going to make yeah. fun of himself over willingly every over, episode yeah. over and over again, it would never have been Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> I, I assumed he took himself so seriously. Yeah. But yeah, apparently not. Yeah, the concept was that he was, a as a real person, actor was also a secret agent. And the reason all of his movies were shot in like <laughs> Uzbekistan is because he had to go there on assignment. He was really <laughs> for like a spy gig, yeah. And the movie was the right. cover. So oh, they so Atencio gets to shoot like a fake Jean Claude Van Damme movie, but then he also gets to shoot real action when he's doing his like quote unquote spy stuff. I thought it was really mm -hmm. funny. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Conception yeah, I dig that. And that's I I think that carries through again like a lot of the scenes in this movie look like they are recreations of something familiar but they're not it's just like they they like you like you had both said they have absorbed so much about the visual language of a movie like what conveys what like this angle this this color grade this like these things and it really works like for me it, true it is a series of sketches that are just held together by like the thinnest thread but uh, I really, from a production point of view, I'm like, ah, oh, I really, really dig this. And it's also like a chance for them to just like, I mean, at this point, they didn't know if they were going to make any other movies. And as far as like a Key and Peele movie, they really haven't. But like, you know that that scene with Anna Faris was That was just, amazing. Was like, you remember that scene in Boogie Nights? Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Like that's... But Anna Ferris plays herself. Yeah. You know. Amazing. No, I definitely, I think it's so interesting seeing it in retrospect because the only th movie stuff that I've seen is Jor Jordan Peele being like an auteur. Right. I didn't see this, which was sort of like the gateway into that. And so it's funny for me only having seen the sketch stuff and then get out and that kind of stuff afterwards. I haven't yeah. seen the middle part, which is Keanu. <laughs> the bridge. Keanu <laughs> is the bridge. Mm -hmm. I thought that there were uh, a, a ton of amazing lines in this movie, like that I had to pause the film or just rewind because I was laughing so hard when he says that he looks like Apollo Creed and he asks him which one. <laughs> and he says, the one where he dies. I lost my shit. I, I've heard it before. I've seen this movie before. It still got me. It was so good. Mm -hmm. The George Michael video, that was a masterstroke. The George I, Michael stuff had me yes. in stitches. I was dying. When he's having to come up with this story of George Michael as a black man and yes. what the lyrics mean, I was crying. I was laughing so hard. He was a because that's a hilarious collection of things to talk about when you're like in the getaway van being lookout, <laughs> but also because George Michael is the whitest person I've ever heard of. And so trying trying to be like, no, I have to sell this as a black man. How do I do that? Was incredibly funny. Yeah, 
That was a great ongoing joke through the film. Just Mm -hmm. the constant callbacks to George Michael. I really, Mm -hmm. I thought that was like a perfect, if you're going to have one thing that goes through the entire film, that was definitely it. Like it even, Mm -hmm. it pays off at like the last scene where he's like, I bet he had a stable father figure. Like (laughs) like, (laughs) even just those, like, it's Uh like a throwaway thing, but it was so, so funny. Mm -hmm. I think some of this, like Whitney said, drags a little Mm -hmm. bit. Um, but I don't like if they cut any more than they did, it probably wouldn't be a feature film. So that it, <laughs> it might just be for padding. Like sometimes you'll make the credits roll for 10 minutes and now we've made our feature length. I guess I would rather have more jokes, even if they're a little less fun, like diminishing returns situation. Yeah. But yeah, Whitney's absolutely right on there. They just have a terrible time writing the end of a sketch. I, I used to, joke that I wanted to count how many of their sketches ended with someone getting shot because it happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have to say I hated most of the ending of this. How it ends, I did not like at all. It was mm. slow compared to the rest of the movie. I didn't like the way that it turned out because you know, I mean, again, spoilers for the plot, but like Tiffany Haddish is an undercover cop. And her arresting them and being like, you got to go to jail because you shot these two guys. She knows everything that set them up to get to where they were. (laughs) I did not like all of that end of the car chase stuff. Like, I love Louise Guzman and whatever. But everything from the car chase to them actually being in jail, I laughed so hard when they were actually in jail. And they were talking through the glass and it was like the kitten putting his paw up on the glass. (laughs) And then how much uh, his wife likes his new tough boy thing and whatever like that all made me laugh. So I actually, the very end part, I kind of loved, but getting from when the car chase started to when they're in jail was all terrible for me. And I think not terrible, but like I just wasn't into it at all. And I felt like that was very classic Keen Peel not being able to get out of a sketch. (laughs) Right. They're like, Oh, we'll make it work. Um, the only other thing I had here, and I would be curious if you two thought this too, because I, it's a thing that, you know, you rewatch it and you have like a new context and stuff like that. Does this seem like, I don't know if they were intentionally going for this or not, but it does seem like also like a very interesting, if it's not like a, if it's not a commentary, then it's certainly like an observation of like toughness. And like mm-hmm. posh- oh, posturing sure. and stuff for like sure. that. For sure. Yeah. I think that's part of what I was talking about when I was talking about like in- racial incisiveness. That, yes. That there is a turn in which the people who are portrayed as like so bad at being in gangs, they're kicked out of the Crips and Bloods. And so they form their <laughs> own gang. Yeah. But like the the toughness the fact that they can care about one another and, and the fact that they are more intelligent than they appear and all of that that's part of what i i meant when yeah. i was talking about how incisive the racial racial humor was is not just the code switching stuff which is something that everyone's had to deal with that's biracial at all i definitely have had to do it with the mexican half of my family but it is also i think making a big point about how anyone can be tough if they have confidence, but also people that are tough doesn't mean that they're not sensitive and smart. And I think that that's very well done in this movie. Very well done. I think it's like pitch perfect for me. That's yeah. It comes back to another George Michael joke at the end during the shootout at the mansion. He's like, look, 
they're communicating. <laughs> I love. I that mean, was it was amazing. So- As someone who was like a did like pr- team building events for like white corporate whatever, the <laughs> fact that his same styles worked on all of the the thugs in this gang, yeah, was amazing. It was so funny when he was like. <gasps> What I taught them worked, and they're communicating with one another and supporting <laughs> each other. It was great. So funny. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. I love the shootout at the mansion. Oh. I think that should have been, like, the end. I, I, and I know people need more resolution than that, and you can't get off, give off audiences enough credit for, like, assuming resolution on their own. But I think it should have ended there and not with the car chase. They had that really great slow motion shot when all the chaos was happening and like the girls falling into the pool uh-huh. in slow motion. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah, I don't know. It was really funny. And it ended like like a, you would assume a drug movie would. Yeah. With just like a bloodbath in some mansion courtyard. Sure. Exactly. It's Scarface meets Beverly Hills Cop. Exactly. <laughs> it's Again, people who love movies. They love. Yes, they love movies. It's It's awesome. Yeah, this was the perfect palate cleanse. I got to be mm-hmm. honest. If we had another goddamn under 30% movie again, I probably, I don't know. I don't know what would have happened, Whitney. I don't know if we'd be here I next week. I don't know either. I, I honestly don't. <laughs> it got kind of dire, you guys. I'm going to be honest. It would have been like, look, was we, we did our best. There we gave it the old I. college try. 62 episodes. We just couldn't do it. <laughs> Couldn't reach uh, the finish line. <laughs> yeah, that's about uh, it. Also, I loved the, the the oh now I don't remember what it was. I loved the line that got the the command that got the kitten to scratch. Get the, that bitch. Like, Get that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Hilarious. Oh and the fact God. that it worked on the like that he was training the cat on the scratching post with the picture, but then yes. also it worked in the warehouse to get them free. Amazing. Oh. I love that the cat got them free. I know that that's super cheesy, but yeah. it was it worked on me. I was like, that's hilarious and adorable. <laughs> it was such a good but, setup and payoff. It, it just, was. Yeah. It really was. I also so you brought that up and it's perfect timing because I have one clip of uh, I have one clip that I would like to play. That mm-hmm. is essentially, it was, it sounded like me saying the line. It sounded like when we were going to start <laughs> this crazy thing back in January, 2019, mm-hmm. I'd like to play this for both of you. Just listen and, and think about me. Oh, they, they, they like Keanu. That's good. Yes, they, we, we do too. We like Keanu as well. <laughs> Everybody here seems to like Keanu. So what, we can agree on that, right guys? <laughs> That was, I felt that this time. I (laughs) felt it. I was like, we all do like Keanu. We can agree on that. It was, it was really, I was like, oh, this is awesome. (laughs) Is it, do we have anything else to say or is it time? It's a time. I think it's time to knock on the void. Oh. (laughs) Knock on the void. Uh, is that possible? That's like uh, one hand—the sound of one hand clapping, or a tree falling in the forest with no one around. Can you knock on the void? I guess we are about to find out. Bob Quiz asshole. There was a time when I had the need to learn from you. Oh, what the hell do you know? Lose? I don't lose. I win. Got a lot to learn about sportsmanship. 
Oh my goodness. Pop Quiz Assholers, our very own Quizzo show where the host asks each of us three questions. If one of us gets it wrong, the other has a chance to steal. And if they get it wrong, the other person has a chance to steal, assuming they remember the remaining answer. Mm-hmm. Points are not cumulative and only determine who wins the episode. So Whitney, we're going back to that thing where one of us may win by default. It's, you know, it's probably it's probably you, but it might not be. I don't know. I don't know. It might not be. Last time Eric was on, Eric won by default like every question. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Not to say that Eric is bad at trivia, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying mm-hmm. I remember I remember a lot of winning by default because he has a better <laughs> short-term memory than either you or I. <laughs> I don't like it. It's an advantage. I know. It makes me mad. Sorry. <sighs> All right. Stupid well, short-term memory. Stupid Swiss cheese brain. brain. Yeah. Look, you keep Stupid. making me watch garbage. Get, at least give me the pop <laughs> quiz, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, that's a fair. That's fair. That's a fair trade. That's a fair trade. So I guess we're gonna see if knocking on the void worked as we bring in the master <laughs> of ceremonies, Charles Nolan. Hello, everybody. Hey, Charles. Did someone knock on my void? <laughs> <laughs> we did. We did. I'm so glad you heard us. Perfect. Is Love it time it. for a pop quiz? <laughs> oh, it is. Yes. It's time. Indeed. Yes, it is. Well then. Let's get going. Wait a minute. Charles, are you talking? I can't hear you. Sometimes I answer the door to the void before I have everything I need prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I think Charles was in the shower in the void. <laughs> I will not say anything about that. All right. Well, let's get going. Starting off with Eric. As Clarence's family is leaving at the beginning of the movie, he says to his daughter when they get back, they'll go see that new movie from which actress? Is it A, Shailene Woodley, B, Jennifer Lawrence, or C, Kristen Stewart? It is A, Shailene Woodley. That is correct. Nice. Nicely done. Nice. (laughs) Not a word that that's not a sentence that's actually ever been said, I don't think. <laughs> it's just such a dad pool of them. I don't know that that joke is even going to work in 10 years, but. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Moving on to question number two Whitney. Yes. Which of the cat's co stars had to take allergy medication throughout the entire process as they oh, are yikes. allergic to cats? <laughs> what? Is it A? Jordan Peele, B, Keegan-Michael Key, or C, Method Man. (gasps) Get out of my face. That would be hilarious. Actually, any of these. Any of them would be hilarious. Method Man would be the most hilarious. But I'm going to say just because he handled the cat less that it was Keegan-Michael Key. That is correct. Nicely done. My guess yeah. is that they did that on purpose. If he was allergic, they were like, let's have everyone else hold the cat and not <laughs> Keegan. Astutely observed. Maybe only <laughs> once or twice in the whole film. Yeah. I don't think ever in the whole film. Really? Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. That's either way. Imagine Method Man being. Or if he does, cat, it's I CG. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> All the budget went to CG. <laughs> I mean. Method Man being allergic to cats 
and having this role in this movie is one of the funniest things I can think of. <laughs> that sounds but like a Key and Peele sketch right much. there. I don't think that an onset doctor would allow him to hold the cat as much as he does if he was allergic. Yeah, that's true. True. Moving on to question three. Andrew. When Rel is putting together the cat calendar, what movie does he use for March? Oh. <laughs> is it A, Heat, B, Point Break, or C, Fargo? Uh, I'm, March? I'm going to go with Fargo. That is incorrect. God damn it. Steel. Eric. Uh, and I'm only saying this because the poster was also in the wall in his apartment. Heat. That is correct. Nice. Nicely done. God, that's a good movie. <laughs> they're all, they're all, every movie referenced in this movie is a, good, a movie. good movie. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I only know a handful of them. Only the ones that feature Keanu. <laughs> true. True, true, true. Back up to the top of the round, Eric. Speaking of movies, what is the name of the Liam Neeson movie they went to go see? Was it A, Jacked Up, B, <laughs> A Fire Outside, or C, Substitute Teacher? I want to say C, The Substitute Teacher? That is correct. Nice. Very well played. And I only remember that because there is a series of movies called The Substitute, and they are action <laughs> films. <laughs> and I was like, wait, did they reboot it? <laughs> With Liam, Liam Neeson's? <laughs> Plural. <laughs> it was a reference to their Substitute Teacher sketch. Moving on to Whitney. Yes, I'm prepared. How many times in a row does Rel yell, Keanu, as he's looking for him when they return from their movie? Oof. Five, six, or seven? Seven? That is incorrect. <laughs> Andrew Steele. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> buzzed in. This isn't. <laughs> this is not the bonus round. <laughs> <laughs> Steel, Andrew Steel. Andrew. Six. Six is correct. Yes. All right. Once again on the board, but that's all I go for, actually. Just get on the board. <laughs> <laughs> You've set yourself an achievable low bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bird. Hey, that low hanging fruit, it tastes good. I'm into it. Let's go. All right. Andrew, what is the name of Hulka's anti-sadness strain? <laughs> is it A, walking on sunshine, B, come on, get happy, or C, I'd like to buy the world a toke? I think it's walking on sunshine. That is correct. All right. Oh, weed names. Now for our final round of questions in regulation. Back up to the top with Eric. How far into the movie do we get 
before our boy Keanu speaks. Is it 50 minutes, 60 minutes, or 70 minutes? Oh my god. I'm going to say 60 minutes. It was one hour and 48 seconds. That is correct. Nailed it. Yeah, I was like, this Perth. movie's not that long. Like, okay. <laughs> right. Gotta get it done, you know. Yeah. It's a 90-minute film, maybe. Yeah. Moving on to Whitney. Yes. What famous method actor does Rel accuse Clarence of being while he's staying in character? A. Dustin Hoffman, B. Christian Bale, or C. Daniel Day-Lewis? Daniel Day-Lewis, final answer. That is correct. <laughs> it was such a good line. <laughs> it was a great line. I laughed so hard. <laughs> oh, good line. For the final question of regulation. All right. Andrew. When the Allentown brothers kidnap Rel and Clarence, they're in the warehouse of what defunct animatronic show, according to signs? <laughs> what? Is it A, Country Bear Jamboree, B, The Rock-A-Fire Explosion, or C, Brown Bear Rockabelly Breakdown? <laughs> I... The rock of fire explosion is the only one I can actually remember. <laughs> that one. That is correct. Oh, that's stuck. Yes. Wow. I knew that one. That was the only one that I like knew because I am obsessed with the rock of fire explosion and how that turned into Chuck E. Cheese. It's like a whole thing. Whatever. Anyway, there was a bunch <laughs> of old rock of fire explosion characters in the background of the warehouse. We're going to have to have an after dark about this because I did not know any of that. So mm -hmm. interesting. Can roll it into a Five Nights at Freddy's episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fun. It has nothing to do with Keanu, but yes, let's do it. Moving to the bonus round. For those who have not listened before the bonus round, is where I will pose the question and the players get to buzz in. And if we could have a quick refresher on everybody's <laughs> buzzing sound, starting with Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Moving to Whitney. One. Me. Moving to Andrew. It's just Eric's, but less enthusiastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Bonus question number one. How many cats or kittens played the role of Keanu? Oh, Whitney, you called it. Five, ooh, ooh, six, uh, or seven? Me. Whitney. Seven? Seven is correct. Oof. Dang. That's a lot of kittens. Yeah, man. Like I said, they they do like one thing really well and only one thing. So every single scene where he did something different was a different cat. <laughs> it's like meow, run, jump. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Tiffany Haddish kept one after filming. Oh. Oh, that's nice. That's awesome. I mean, I guess it's nice if the handler was like, yeah, take a cat. <laughs> if she just took it, if, then not if, so much. If she just stole a cat, then that's not as nice. 
Bonus question number two. When Rel tells Clarence he sounds like Richard Pryor, Clarence <laughs> says Rel sounds like who? Is it A, John Ritter, B, Woody Harrelson? <laughs> <laughs> it's John Ritter. <laughs> it is John Ritter. That is accurate. It is John Ritter. Uh, Andrew got to it before I did, but I couldn't think of it until you said John Ritter. And then I, I know. like, it was that one. I, in my brain, I was like Jack Tripper. I'm like, no, that's the character he played on the show. What is his name? For the final question. What found footage horror movie did Tectonic get a private screening of? <laughs> Andrew. The Blair Witch Project. That is correct. Yes! <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. And he didn't know that? He's like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Good game. I will game. say, I am glad that Whitney did not get that last question right. Or we would have had a three-way tie. It's <laughs> still a rude sentiment, <laughs> I don't oh. understand what rude is. <laughs> uh, you are it. Off the <gasps> Dang. Then it seems to be a good thing. <laughs> Moving on. It is not a three-way tie. Whitney loses. We got it. Whitney did come in last place <laughs> for maybe the first time in her life. It, Whoa! It's we have we have the big data machine. I I can't verify it now, but that we could figure that out. That is not the first time I've come in last place. No, for sure. But the winner, with a score of five to four to three. Is Andrew. Excellent! Oh! Andrew! <laughs> oh my god! This is what Whitney feels like all the time. <laughs> Unbelievable. That is not true. <laughs> but enjoy it. Oh my. I love the fanfare. It's so good. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad we added that in. And speaking of fan fair. <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> it's time for Pop Quiz Audience. Last week's Pop Quiz Audience had the question At several points in the movie, we see posters of eyes, usually tied into the angels. What is the phrase that we see along with them? And the correct answer came very quickly from Jody Beauty for the Beholder. Uh-huh. Nicely done. Mm -hmm. Excellent! The smaller fan. Our second question <laughs> was, who pissed in Keanu's cornflakes? <laughs> Jody yeah. gave the answer, yeah. one of the other 31 producers. <laughs> but I will give the oh, win like to it. Zoe, who says, me, I did it, and I'll do it again. Time and time over. Woo. Oh, my goodness. That is brutal. Here. Excellent. <laughs> That's for Zodi. It's for both Way of you. Way to go, Zodi. Nope, 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 nope. 
no, no. <laughs> we got to keep them separate, especially when it comes to winning points. That trivia. is a good point. No, I just gave the excellent. Yeah, the points are separate. But my sentiment, thank you for answering. That's that's all. That's all. Yeah. No, everyone should answer. Everyone should get in on this for sure. But mm, the points are separate. We're thanking people separately for winning. We need a yeah. We need a winner. I understand. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Jody. Congratulations, Zoe. There are three pop quiz audience questions this week. Whew. Zoe right. says he's making me watch rubbish. <laughs> Just FYI in the chat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That gives me some feelings. <laughs> Pop quiz audience question number one. Keanu Reeves, Jordan Peele, and Keegan-Michael Key would go on to be in another movie together not too long after this one. What movie was it? Question number two. The name of the strip club on 17th Street is HPV. What does that stand for? <laughs> In the movie. Yeah. And question number three. Method Man's character Cheddar is a reference to his character Cheese. In what TV show? Ooh, I know that one. That's the only oh. one I know. That's pretty fun. <laughs> Jody says she knows, but it's not allowed in the chat. You have to tweet him. That is correct. You tweet at me, at the Nolan, T-H-E-N-O-W-L-I-N, or with the hashtag popquizaudience, with the right answer, and you will be called in. Called in? That's not the right phrase. Called out in the next episode. <laughs> is also experiencing a lot of social isolation, so we have to, you know, give some leeway. I appreciate the leeway. <laughs> that is very rude of you. <laughs> Did I use that right? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Ooh, like this back and woo. forth. Thank <sighs> you very much for another very fun round of Pop Quiz Asshole. Thank you, Charles. Charles. The pleasure is really all ours. I'm going to go back to my void now and finish up the shower I started. <laughs> <laughs> Told ya. What a, what a callback. <laughs> nice. All right. I will say, uh, just as a really quick thing, I, I had it written down here because I forgot to mention the, uh, the HPV club. The, on, the, on the banner, or the sign out front, I guess, uh, just, a just a great throwaway joke. It said, two for one lap dances, all day buffet Tuesday, R.I.P. Riz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. I love it. Since it was mentioned last week, I should specify, I am leaving now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Charles. Oh, I didn't even know he wasn't in his void I'm again. so glad I didn't talk shit about him. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. All right. <laughs> Whitney, you are going to take us through the plot points here, so take it away. 
I am. And I'm going to go off of Wikipedia because I had so much fun enjoying the movie for the first time in several movies that I did not take notes. So we're just going <laughs> through the Wikipedia synopsis, which Perfect. is Smoke and Oil Dresden, who are a pair of assassins known as the Allentown Brothers, enter a drug processing facility by Mexican drug cartel and they kill everyone inside, including the boss, King Diaz. The pair take Diaz's cat Iglesias, but when they are momentarily distracted by policemen arriving, the cat escapes. Meanwhile, Rel has just been dumped by his girlfriend, and he finds his cat on his doorstep. He takes an immediate liking to the cat because the cat is the most adorable cat ever permitted <laughs> to film, and he names it Keanu. That was editorializing, by the way. I added the most adorable cat thing. It might be objective fact, though. It might be. I bet I could source something and add a citation on Wikipedia <laughs> that had proof. But either yeah. way. So Rel it finds this. He's sad. He's stoned. He's dumped by his girlfriend. He finds this most adorable cat ever. And he's like, you're going to fix my life. He names it Keanu. Rel's cousin Clarence comes over to cheer him up and meets Keanu as well. And that's when we see all of these calendar pictures that have been referenced multiple times. A few weeks later, we see Clarence's wife and daughter go out of town with husband and daughter of a family friend leaving Clarence alone. And now we might want to add that this is Rob Hubel, who is the husband, uh, and the wife, who is also supposed to go, cannot go. So it's just the husband of one family and the wife of another. I also want to say I don't feel like this is mentioned up front. Clarence is Keegan-Michael Key. Yeah. And his wife says, you spend all your time being what other people want or need you to be this weekend when you can. Just do what you want to do for nobody else. I just want to say that now because it's important in how into this whole <laughs> scene he gets later on. Wikipedia yeah. doesn't say it. So, his wife and Rob Hubel go on a vacation with their two daughters. Rel is happily taking care of Keanu, and uh, they go to see a Liam Neeson movie. And uh, Rel tells Clarence that he needs to loosen up and just be himself. When they get back to Rel's house, though... They find the place has been ransacked and Keanu is gone. He's distraught. He's like, maybe the drug dealer across the way knows something. <laughs> so they go across, literally like across the driveway to the next door residence of his weed dealer, Holka, who reluctantly reveals that the 17th Street Blips a local gang, and like I said, this is the rejects of the Crips and the Bloods, which is why they're the Blips, may have raided Rel's house, thinking that it was Hulk's house. He directs them to a downtown, downtown strip club, HPV. Rel and Clarence go there, where Rel convinces Clarence to adopt a quote, and this is in quotes on Wikipedia, gangsta, with an A, persona. Oh. In order to infiltrate the gang, calling themselves Tectonic and Shark Tank. <laughs> the two meet High C, a female gangster, 
Tiffany Haddish, who is initially skeptical of them, but takes them to meet the gang's leader, Cheddar, who makes mistakes them for the Allentown boys, which they immediately own up to being the Allentown boys without knowing who they are. Cheddar has Keanu having renamed him New Jack and fitting him with a do-rag, which is adorable. <laughs> a little kitten do-rag. I don't know who the customer is, but they did a very good job on doing that. That was so cute. So they get to Cheddar and they ask for the cat. And he says he will only return to the cat to them as long as they come along as expert advisors for the blips on a run to sell a new drug that they created called Holy Shit. They reluctantly agree to this trade of we will guide your underlings in exchange for the cat. After taking them through a team building exercise, Rel, Clarence, High C, and three other gang members drive to the delivery spot. While Clarence stays behind and introduces the young men to the music of George Michael, whom he says is black to overcome their skepticism, <laughs> Rel and High C go in to make the sale. The buyer turns out to be Anna Ferris playing herself, who is partying with two friends. Ferris invites them to play Truth or Dare and dares High C to shoot Rel. When High C refuses, a fight ensues in which Ferris and her two guests are both shot by High C, frightening Rel. At the strip club later after the run, Clarence accidentally smokes some holy shit <laughs> and experiences a drug trip in which he appears in the music video for Faith by George Michael. But then we cut to a very Matrix, Matrix-esque scene of Cheddar holding Keanu, who is now New Jack. And this is where I think we have an audio clip of Keanu in this drug trip. Keanu the cat speaks in the voice of Keanu Reeves. Hello? <gasps> Hello, Clarence. It's me, Keanu. Meow. Wait. <laughs> are, are you Keanu Reeves? <laughs> yeah. I'm your spirit teacher. People can't be excellent to you unless you're being excellent to yourself. What does that mean? Clarence, it's time to wake up. Where you go from there is a choice. I leave to you. Oh, right. The Matrix. <laughs> Dude, all you need to remember is... Oh, I get it. Amazing. Amazing cameo. Yeah, that's Maybe it. Maybe in the top five cameos that have ever happened in the history <laughs> of cinema. Uh -huh. It's a really good cameo. That is all the voice of Keanu Reeves coming through Keanu the tiny kitten in Method Man's lap. And it is beautiful. Sitting on a giant scratching post. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. So good. So Clarence sort of comes to and Rel begins to worry about his cousin and convinces him to just steal the cat, Keanu, and leave. They do so, and they do so at first, they think successfully, but they are abducted on the way to their car by the real Allentown boys who they've been pretending to be this whole time. Then we cut to Rel and Clarence tied to chairs in a warehouse. 
uh, backed by the rock of fire explosion, as we have discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see the Allentown boys preparing to torture them. As they're going through this whole screaming and pre-torture scenario, Keanu the cat claws through Rel's ropes, allowing him to free himself and Clarence. They end up grabbing the Allentown boys' guns. The Allentown boys continue to approach them, but Clarence and Rel completely unload the clips of both guns into them, (laughs) seemingly killing them. That was... There was that joke through the movie of Rel not murdering anybody, too, that I thought was so funny. Like when Tiffany Haddish was like, I'm I'm happy you were there to help me kill those people. Yeah, no, we murdered people together. And he was like, no, I did not. You did it all. According to the law, (laughs) like very technical. It was so funny. But then Clarence kills them, like shoots like nine bullets or whatever. However many are in a clip. He empties the clip and then they don't die. They do like a, a... horror movie like re like they start to sit up again and and he freaks out and then he actually kills them and it's like (laughs) he can't argue not killing people anymore it's very funny yeah keanu the cat was in this warehouse but then after unloading two clips in from two different guns into the allentown boys they can't find keanu so they go out of the warehouse to search for keanu As they do that, they run into the blips. Cheddar has discovered their real identities as they refuse to shoot a kidnapped Hulka who is in the trunk of the blips car. He forces them to come along to a meeting with the Mexican drug cartel at its mansion in the morning. At the meeting, the blips meet with King Diaz's cousin, Bacon Diaz, who is Luis Guzman. (laughs) I love that his name is Bacon. Bacon and Cheddar. Yeah, Bacon and Cheddar. Uh, so he offers up Clarence and Rel as the Allentown boys to this rival gang leader. But when Bacon also demands Iglesias, the cat who belonged to his cousin who was shot in this massacre at the very beginning of the movie, Cheddar refuses because he, the cat's too cute and wants to keep him for himself. And then a huge, massive gunfight erupts between the two gangs in a very classic gang gun war style. Uh, Clance and Rel realize that the team building exercise the two took the gang through has, has improved their communication. And so they pick up their guns and shoot their way out of the mansion in pursuit of Bacon, who has taken Keanu the cat, only for Rel to be shot in the leg and Clance was shot in the hand. Rel, who we have previously established has never learned to drive, hijacks Bacon's escape car. So he is the driver for Luis Guzman in the car with Luis Guzman and Keanu the cat in the back. Clarence finds a set of keys in a garage and he's like, oh, hell yeah, because there's a bunch of sweet cars that I don't know the names of. And then (laughs) there's like some real beat up kind of souped up but terrible car. And he's like, oh, man, I have to take this one anyway. So, Rel is driving the drug lord and the cat. And he's followed by Clarence, who's been shot in the hand, and who is in this beater car. 
The chase ends at Clarence's house where, like, in his front yard, they crash into his planter. Rill crashes into the front yard and sends Luis Guzman flying through the broken windshield. Bacon gets up <laughs> and attempts to shoot Rell, but Clarence runs him over just as he's about to shoot <laughs> Rell. So that's that was a part that I laughed at a lot when I, I hated most of this end part, but I really yeah. liked when he was like, I don't drive, he does, and then the car ran him over. Their characters in the movie had the same reaction that I had as a uh, I, I would assume most viewers had were like, that was a great line. <laughs> like, I don't know. I like the yeah, meta. Yeah, no, no, they, they definitely, there was a lot of meta with Rell and Clarence throughout the whole movie of like yeah. mirroring what the, the, the viewer was experiencing or feeling. Yeah. So anyway, Lu Luis Guzman is sent flying through the broken windshield. Then he gets up and he attempts to shoot Rell, but Clarence runs him over. He gets up again, but he is shot and finally killed by Cheddar and the Blips. Then the blips threaten Rel and Clarence, but High C, who is secretly a police officer this whole time, Tiffany Haddish, turns around and breaks her cover and puts her gun on Cheddar and forces the blips to drop their guns. When Cheddar attempts to shoot her, she kills him. And then shortly after the police arrive, High C reveals that Anna Ferris and her party guests were in on the whole operation. They were all <laughs> cops. Except for Anna Ferris. Um, but they were all like secret agents this whole time. Yeah. They're all still alive. But Rel and Clarence will still have to go to jail for the activities they've taken part in, including the killing of the Allentown boys. She promises to testify for leniency and agrees to go on a date with Rel after they get out of jail. Six months later, Rel and Clarence only have three weeks left on their jail sentences, but have commanded respect among the inmates, <laughs> including the remaining blips who also went to the same jail because they're known as the people who killed the Allentown boys. Mm -hmm. High C, who's been taking care of Kiana the cat, speaks with Rel through a visitation phone where she reveals that she's just been to the veterinarian and discovered that Keanu has a rare disease where he will remain a kitten permanently. <laughs> Perfect. And then in a post credit scene, which I did not watch, so I didn't know this until I just read it on Wikipedia, the Allentown boys are revealed to have survived the shooting in the warehouse and they get back into their car. So it's set up for a sequel, which never happened. <laughs> Probably not likely. I don't know. Uh, that would be amazing. I'd like to think the Allentown boys show up in like one of Jordan Peele's horror movies. Mm hmm They are with their like white eyes and I mean they are they are very much horror characters. Oh. All right. That was a fun movie. Mm -hmm. That was a fun movie. It was. I'll be honest, it was more fun than I expected it to be. I think very highly of Key and Peele, but mm. I also feel like watching their show previously. And again, I went straight from the Key and Peele like, show to Get Out, and I missed this in the middle. Yeah. But I expected this to fall flatter than it did. It was really funny and it entertained me a lot more consistently than I thought it would. The, the most interesting jump is Jordan, right? Like, Keegan has gone I mean, on obviously. to continue to do 
comedy and do it extremely well. Like everything mm-hmm. I've seen him do has been amazing. And it, it's it's more interesting. You know, Jordan's is certainly the more interesting of the two. You're like, huh, the guy's great. <laughs> let, let, him, let him do the Twilight Zone season two. Okay, let's do uh, it. I didn't watch all of it, but I will tell you right now that the first few episodes of Twilight season two are outstanding. Nice. All right. Got to check it out. Got to check it out. Um, I lost my access to Twilight, the new Twilight Zone, um, at some point along the way because I was seeing someone who had it and then I didn't. <laughs> but mm-hmm. the first like three or four episodes were mm, chef's kiss good <laughs> of the new Twilight awesome. Zone. Jordan Peele, honestly, at this point, I'll give Jordan Peele whatever money I have whenever I can. And it's not a lot, and there's not much I can do, but he deserves my money more than most people in this world. They're like, here, just take it. And he's doing just some really interesting stuff that, like, leverages all of that, that, uh, like commentary that we were talking about from the the sketch show, but you know, putting his his twist on it. In he's clearly a genre fan. Um, he's clearly yeah. a horror fan. Um, so he's able to like make that work. And it, I think, part of what's frustrating for me revisiting Keanu the movie is that you look at the construction of something like Get Out, and that was like. A Swiss watch, so be- like beautifully executed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That the movie Keanu feels like they smoked a bunch of weed and were like, and then, <laughs> and then, yeah. uh, and then. It definitely more feels like the show where they couldn't get out of sketches, right. and they were like, let's just blow everything up or whatever. Like the valet sketches were always hilarious, and then that valet sketch literally ends with them blowing up. <laughs> and it's like it doesn't have to end that way. Right. You just don't know how to get out of this sketch. Yeah. I definitely feel Keanu is more on the end of Key and Peel than it is on the end of Get Out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I actually just as a callback also, if you if you dig obviously we all dig Key and Peel, uh and if you dig another movie that was referenced in this one Fargo, they were actually on season 2 of the Fargo television show. And they were fantastic on it together as partners in the FBI. I have not seen any of the Fargo television show. I am kind of blown away by the cast that they assembled for the Fargo television show. But I don't know. I just I've had a hard time feeling like I'm in the mood to watch Fargo the television show. And I don't (laughs) know why. I don't know why. Because I like Fargo the movie, and I right. like all of the cast in Fargo the television show, but I've never felt compelled to watch it. It's um, I was I was skeptical because I re- the movie holds a special place for me, Coen Brothers and whatnot. But it is very good. Noah Hawley, who has made some excellent television in his <laughs> in his career. I mean, it was on for three seasons for me before I realized it was an anthology show. I thought it was like. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we just had that discussion a few months ago yeah. where it was like, wait, this is like American Horror Story? And yeah. Not- they, they do tie together loosely, like season one and season two in a more direct way. Not it, it, insofar as like it's a small town 
There are names you will recognize. There are places you will see over and over again. But yeah, you could watch season three, two, and then one in the and get just as much out of it as if you watched it the other way. So, does everyone have accents as good as Francis's accent in the Fargo movie? I will say so. I can never remember the guy's name. Bilbo Baggins. What's that guy? Um, from the Lord of the Rings movies, Bilbo. Oh, uh, Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman is in season one of Fargo, and his Martin accent Freeman is. Martin Freeman isn't Bilbo, is he? He's he's Bilbo, Young not Bilbo? Frodo. Not for yeah, Bilbo. Well, the I older. know he's not Frodo. That's Elijah Wood. He's Bilbo in the Hobbit movies. All five of them, or however many they made. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Yeah, not the. Yeah, I'm sorry. The more recent. I never even saw the new Hobbit films. That's just my point of reference for Martin Freeman, other than Fargo. That's a wild reference yeah. point for Martin Freeman. I know. It's not great. Come on. Man. Um, not, but, I mean, <laughs> and even, Fargo. Even like Love Actually or Hitchhiker's no. Guide to the Galaxy. The, the, not the Office. The nope. Office. I would not even think of him for any of those. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's. Oh. That's upsetting. We got to give you a Martin Freeman education. Maybe we'll do him Add next him to the list. <laughs> Even Black Panther. That's it. Okay. I know Black, Black Panther. Panther. <laughs> but I wouldn't think of him for that person. either. I would go for Gollum in, uh, in yes, Black Panther. Yes, Jody before- Watson Who? in Sherlock. In the Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. He's Watson. Martin Freeman is in Fargo. <laughs> And his accent is impeccable. <laughs> that's what I, I mean, that's all we needed. To, okay. I'm sure it but, is. He's very good at accents. He is. He's great. He's legitimately great. Coming from a whole family who's from North Dakota, I have a very, uh, high a bar. very high bar with which people can pass the Fargo accent with, because uh, it's so distinct. And yet it's very Canadian at the same time that it's like yes. so distinct. It's very hard to hit that line. The main actress on the show as well, who mm, I actually looked it up because I didn't want to get into another rabbit hole. Alison Tolman. <laughs> Season one, Alison <laughs> Tolman, who I don't even know what, what else know she is from. from? I, nothing at all. Oh, I do. She's actually in the movie Krampus. So if you've ever... Oh, I didn't see Krampus, but that's okay. Adam Scott's in that. Uh, yeah, that's a fun now one. we're just should... now we're just playing the podcast. <laughs> Doug loves movies. <laughs> yeah, so. Allison, uh, what's her name? I already forgot. Allison Tolman. She mm-hmm. also has a, a a pretty outstanding North Dakota accent. So that's good to know. I do also have to tell the listeners that before we started recording this podcast, Andrew had an excellent joke about what we do after Keanu. Um, about next doing Mads happen. Mickelson and calling it Mads About You. Done. And I did laugh quite hard at that joke, Andrew. So I don't agree that Mads no. Mickelson is the next person that we talk Mm-mm. about after going through Keanu's whole movie <laughs> oeuvre. <laughs> but yeah. I do think that Mads About You is hilarious. I'm just going to now recommend people just based on punny things. And I only recommended him because I'm re- I'm watching Hannibal for the first time, the television show. And it's mm-hmm. I can't believe I missed it. It's fucking incredible. It's really, really good. But that's neither just, here nor there. I'm just sad that I got out before Jillian Anderson came in. Yeah. Because I would let Jillian Anderson climb me like a tree. 
So. <laughs> I think. Just saying. Right. If that's not the case, I mean, for everyone here, then I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to tell you. It's a serious error in judgment if you would not let Jillian Anderson climb you like a tree. Is all right. I have to say. I don't know if I'm supposed to weigh in here. This podcast has gone completely off the rails, but right. Yes. So, do we recommend Keanu? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, okay. Yes, I recommend Keanu. As a movie, if someone says, uh-huh. should I watch it? I will say yes. I am definitely not going to go out of my way like I will with Man of Tai Chi to suggest it to people because right. it is basically exactly what it says on the tin. Keanu is funny and I had a great time. And that plus a lot of ice cream and Rice Krispie treats added up to like a really enjoyable evening. But. There's a lot of issues with it as a whole story, and I feel like the ending didn't pay off because it was just like their sketches where the ending doesn't pay off. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> so I feel like it's a qualified yes, but it is definitely way more in the yes category than the no. It's like 80% yes. Boom. Eric? Uh, I would say pretty much exactly what Whitney said. I, like, I recognize that it has some flaws. Um, you know, it's not my favorite movie ever, but it's a hell of a lot of fun. Awesome. That's going to be a recommend for me also, uh, for all the same reasons. If you like Key and Peele, if the, if, Mm -hmm. if, if that is, if the answer to that question is yes, you're going to love this film. I mean, many of their skits are referenced in it. (laughs) Yes. If you've seen Key and Peele and enjoyed Key and Peele and not seen Keanu, see Keanu for sure. All right. That's three recommends. So where oh does this fall in our rankings? This and is going to be interesting. I'm especially interested for Eric <laughs> because we only have 20 movies total and Eric's like Richter scale of how good a movie is. <laughs> right. How, <laughs> how, how, <laughs> how high? That is an excellent question. All right, so I'm putting Keanu at number nine on my list. I feel what? like it falls in we the got top, a top ten. ten. We do have a top ten. It is between Parenthood and My Own Private Idaho. And I struggled a lot with My Own Private Idaho and Keanu being like nine and ten and switching back and forth. But honestly, as much as I liked My Own Private Idaho, uh, I do feel like Keanu is something that I would go back to. It's like a good like Sunday afternoon. I'm hungover and I want to eat a pizza and watch a movie kind of movie. <laughs> and honestly, that kind of movie is way more my speed than most of the other movies that we've watched in this entire podcast. Because like I'm like a bring it on Josie and the Pussycats kind of like I want a fun movie that's silly and entertaining most of the time. So there you go. I will say though that that pushes the Matrix Reloaded out of my top ten, <laughs> no. which means the only Matrix movie in my top ten is The Matrix, which is still at number two. Yeah, the only Matrix movie in your list is the only Matrix movie. Is the only Easy. Matrix movie. We've had that joke the whole time. I joke uh-huh. constantly about there only being one Matrix movie. That's the only one in my top ten. Perfect. Number Keanu's nine. At number nine between Parenthood and my own private Idaho. 
you know, and just a few episodes ago, you had our number 50 or something. Uh, or 40. Our, just a few episodes, we had 52 Zero. and 53, <laughs> literally the last two on the list. Uh huh. Generation Um and Knock Knock in a row. It's true. It's true. All right. Boy, that was rough. I'm so glad we had something fun. Honestly, <laughs> it was really bad, you guys. I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. It's a lot. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I am looking at my list, and I noticed that despite the fact that I wasn't on the episode, somebody added Knock Knock as number 20 for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I took the liberty. <laughs> I was going to say... You can- you can move I, it now. I but. don't remember doing that, but that feels like something I would do. <laughs> you can move it. Um, it's fine. Yeah, move it up if you want to, but I may murder you in person next time we <laughs> hang out if you move Knock Knock higher than anything I, else. I have to be honest. I, I, I'm fine with it at, at the end of my list. <laughs> Generation uh-huh. um might go lower just because it's fair. Nothing happens. I, I, I think, and that okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'll allow it. If you put I it any higher, if you put it no. any higher than that, I will disown you as a friend. Yeah, no, I mean, I we discussed that you needed a a a. A co-host for that and i think my response was just ew so yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. we could check the receipts i'm pretty you sure were that holds specifically up specifically like make your sister do it because i don't want to i, I don't think i said make your uh, sister do that was it. not that was not explicitly said but that was don't, definitely uh, the context of the don't message make Lindsay nelson mad at me i did Lindsay not say nelson that, Lindsay. will not be mad at you <laughs> Uh, she's also on the group chat for the podcast she knows that you said another woman's perspective mm-hmm. is a good idea right but <laughs> the subtext of another woman's perspective is a good idea is please don't make me talk about this exactly yeah right uh anyway keanu is going to go in at number 10 for me okay Okay. Um, that is uh, above something's got to give, but below the replacements, which I've already mentioned, just has a weird soft spot in my heart. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I feel like that's a solid place. I don't like the replacements that much, but I think that's a very good standard average place for this movie to go. There you go. Speaking of which, mine's at number 10, too. But under Man what? of Tai Chi, but above the replacements. So it knocked the replacements out of the top 10 for me. But I'm okay with that. I think given the Whoa, two. Oh, wait. It knocked. Okay, no, never mind. I got really <laughs> upset for a minute oh, there, but no. If you I, thought. I was reading incorrectly. I was reading Evan's list, not your <laughs> list. And I was like, please yeah. tell me that Keanu did not knock much ado about nothing out of your list because I will be very sad forever. But it didn't. That's fine. No. You're still at number See. six with much ado about nothing. Yeah. This feels like like we have discussed multiple times. The, the top 10 at this point feels very easy. Right. And I'm sure maybe mm-hmm. a couple other are going to squeak in here and knock I mean, things I think, down. Well, <laughs> Two and three of John Wick are gonna be in there for uh-huh. sure. Um, 
I definitely think Keanu is going to get knocked out of the top 10. I definitely yeah. think my own private Idaho is going to get knocked out of the top 10. I feel really solid about one, two and three being John Wick, the Matrix and Speed. Four uh-huh. will be be much ado about nothing just because I have such sentimental attachment to it. I'm going to have real emotional problems knocking Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which is in number five, any lower than it is. But I sure. can't imagine John Wick 2 and 3 not being 2 and 3 in my list. So <laughs> we have I have some real soul searching to do coming up. <laughs> but as of we right have... now, I feel pretty solid about my top 10. All right. Cool. So I need to just jump in. Go for it. And mm-hmm. add John Wick to my list. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. You see where he put because it with me? You put some other Eric on that episode. <laughs> um, oh yeah, that's right. So uh-huh. you know, but I've seen it. But so. you are the person that put John Wick at number three on your list. You put the list I, of all the Keanu Reeves movies you've seen together. Yeah, Eric put you his at number that. one. I did put John Wick at number three. I'm sorry. Did you refer to him as Good Eric? No, no, the other <laughs> I said Eric. The other Eric. Oh. We both said the other Eric. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. and I when see. we speak about you, you're the other Eric. You know, no, you're the good Eric. He's you're just the <laughs> he's just the one with the name that people might know because he's an author. That's yeah, true. He's fancy. True. Yeah, he's the fancy Eric. You're the he's, good Eric. We got so. good Eric and verified Eric. How about that? Does that work? <laughs> that, sh- that shakes out. Blue check Eric. <laughs> oh. All right. John Wick at number three. Below the Matrix and Point Break, but yep. above Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yep. I'll allow it. Mm-hmm. That feels all right. I mean, it's questionable, but it's allowable. <laughs> I mean, remember, my list is like movies that I want to watch. That's why, you know, you, you Johnny Mnemonic is at number six. <laughs> That's true. Uh, you know, That's, I'm not listing. I mean, that, like, but also you like Johnny Mnemonic more than any person I've ever talked to about Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, I've talked to very few people about Johnny Mnemonic, but I will I will own that. That's fine. But everyone who's mentioned it or brought it up in any way or who I have had a conversation with about this podcast or what I'm doing here or what we're doing here. You Never. like Johnny Mnemonic more than any of those All people of in any of those conversations. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm going to go out on that then. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, all right. So let's talk next week. I will be stepping us through a film called The Whole Truth. Yeah. And... The chat is not super into The Whole Truth. Zoe and Jody. Uh, there's There's been some... Discontent. <laughs> what's, what's going on? It does not appear to be as bad as Knock Knock or Generation Um, so I can handle it. As long yeah. as it's not in the bottom three, we're fine. Yeah. Ooh. Never never heard of this. Never. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking forward to it insofar as I look forward to most Keanu Reeves movies. Well, it's, it's apparently, and this is, again, according to the chat, I know nothing about it, but mm. apparently it's like a crime procedural, and I'm pretty into crime so. procedurals, so. All right. I just looked at the cast list, and it has Jim Belushi in it, so good luck with that, guys. <laughs> oh. I so what are you like doing Jim next Belushi. week, good Eric? <laughs> <laughs> I got a thing. 
gonna defrost my freezer quarantine yeah. and all spoilers for me i've gone ahead and put together the show notes for the rest of the season because what? i'm trying to be productive not my not my not my actual just like just what we look at as we go through the show so okay I, I know i know like the like the imdb plot synopsis for the rest of what we're going to watch and not and nothing else i will say we are upsettingly close to the end of Keanu's filmography. Yeah. And so we really need to decide who's going to be next. And I vote not Mads Mikkelsen, although Damn. I would totally do Mads Mikkelsen. Just for the name. We just have to do one episode no, so we can Mads claim the name. No, Mads about you is great. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, but he's I, got a lot, though, that's not... I don't think his filmography mm. is going to be as interesting. I think we need no. someone all over the map. All right. If you have a suggestion, please hit us up, email us, tweet us, do whatever, because I don't want to stop in 10 episodes or whatever we have. No, no that's, yeah, it, it actually is. So yeah. I could say that our last episode, according to the, to the doc I have, will take place on August 20th. So you're right. There is not much time left. We will be no. all caught up by then. So. And that's weirdly with yeah, between no. two and ferns. And we'll keep going so. like Bill and Ted face the music. Not out yet. Yeah. Who knows when it'll actually be out because of all the pandemic stuff. But obviously, we'll still cover that. But also, I don't want to stop in like 10 episodes. Right. Give us give us feedback on who else we should do. Who else has this varied of a career? We've had a it's lot true. of back and forth in the group chat. Uh, about a bunch of different people we have some some ideas of where we might go next but we want to hear your ideas of where we should go next mm -hmm. jody makes a suggestion we've heard or maybe we came up with i don't know tom hanks i would be pretty into a tom hanks rewatch you know joe what versus the volcano more people <laughs> in, yeah. in our generation should see because it's just early enough that a bunch of people in our in their like mid-30s have not seen it and it is an incredible movie i don't know if one movie alone joe versus the volcano is enough to justify an entire catalog rewatch but i mean he also has the money pit it's just i mean there's a lot of things that tom hanks did that are great but yeah he was in that island movie. You know, we have a lot of things to discuss. Please send in your recommendations. <laughs> right. We'll take them under advisement as we move forward. Because I will <laughs> cry and cry and cry if we're done with the Keanu podcast in like 10 episodes and that's it. <laughs> well, thanks for all the laughs. No, we're going to keep it going. We're going to keep I'm it going. I'm just saying, I'll cry a lot and it'll be all everybody's fault. Who's listening? And Andrew and Eric's fault if we don't find someone to pick up the slack when we're done with Keanu. My crying will be on all of your shoulders. Wait, which Eric? <laughs> the good Eric. Verified Not Eric verified or good Eric. Eric. Oh, okay. All Blue check right. Eric. All right. The whole truth next week. Hang out. It'll be great. We'll do this again. Uh, and then... There will be a watch party, I believe, for The Bad Batch. That one is verified on Netflix. I just found mm -hmm. out about that last night. So we I'm may so end up doing that there's another one. Netflix show because I had so much fun with The Man of Tai Chi. Yeah. And obviously, the Netflix always, live party. Yeah. Always Be My Maybe is a Netflix movie. I mean, so that that's one, definitely sure. going to be a thing. And also, that was, that was so good. Yeah. 
So we're in we're in for uh, end between two ferns. Keanu had a great little. I still haven't seen that. That, that oh. and Destination Wedding. I saved to watch live for the podcast. Perfect. All right. Right. John Wick we 2 and John some... Wick 3, I did not wait for the podcast because <laughs> obviously Why? I was going to see that opening day in theaters. <laughs> it's perfect. We have to have Eric on John Wick 2 because Eric and I saw John Wick 2 in the same fancy ass theater in New York that gave us like blankets and like what I got like a, a <laughs> carafe of pink wine. Yeah, it was. we had like a movie pod. Yeah. <laughs> What did this cost? Was this like a? I mean, a I lot of money. YouTube with I don't the one percent. This is crazy. We're definitely yeah. not. I'm unemployed, <laughs> and also I've been denied unemployment compensation. So I'm definitely no. I have. Have them call me. I'll sort it. Oh, you know, that, okay. I mean, I'll just tell <laughs> the state of Pennsylvania to call you as they have you were the authority. Probably. Anyway, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm not the 1%, but we did see John Wick 2 in a bougie theater together. So it's only okay. right. It's true. We... I feel like we were even in like Wall Street when we did it. There you go. So make sure that the seven days prior to June 25th <laughs> that you're available, Eric. That is when that will happen. That was the wildest way anyone's <laughs> ever given someone a date. That was, that was incredible phrasing that like okay i'm tipsy because i agreed with jody and zoe that i would drink with this episode with them but i soberly would not have comprehended the way that you structured that sentence hey podcast always i just know when it comes out so we need to i just work back we just work backwards from there that's all those are the release dates so we got to finish it up prior to that if you say so we have i mean last week we went off into Westworld spoilers. We talked about a lot of different stuff here, team. This was great. This was really great. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to put the chapter markers in, but I, I don't guess... know either. <laughs> I but it was I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> a lot of fun to record. Yeah. Eric. Hi. Thank you for joining us. Where can people find you? They want more of your shenanigans. <laughs> I'm not sure how many shenanigans I get up to, Uh, but I am. (laughs) We can verify the shenanigans. All right, fair enough. Uh, I am at all places on the internet, so Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, uh, as Platypus. He's very big on Pinterest, but we've already (laughs) talked about that. And I'm very big on Pinterest. Mm-hmm. It's true. That's true. All right. Follow Eric at Platypus Jones everywhere, but definitely on Pinterest. But definitely on Pinterest, for sure. And that's the funniest thing that I've ever heard is Eric being big on Pinterest. <laughs> I will never not think that that's funny. Whitney, mm-hmm. where, where are you at? I am at Whitney underscore Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N on Twitter. And via that, you can find most of my other stuff. But we also do historical hotties, which is uh, my sister and I. It's our pet project, Lindsay Nelson. You may recognize her from other episodes of Cool Breeze Over the Mountains. Mm. Um, We just did an episode about nurses because not only has 2020 been designated the year of the nurse and also we are in like a pandemic where nurses are on the front lines. But also this is Florence Nightingale's 200th birthday. 
So we did an Whoa. episode about the hottest nurses in history. So if you want to find out who wins the hottest nurses in history episode, check out Historical Hotties. And then it's occasionally that nurse from Animaniacs, right? <laughs> Funny. <laughs> what a Funny. Flow! But right. no. Hello. All right. Yeah, no, that's good. That's a good one. That's a good joke. Now you're just mocking me. No, <laughs> it's really a good joke. Anyway, uh, historical hotties. You can also find that I retweet stuff on on my personal Twitter. So at Whitney underscore Nelson. But also occasionally I'm on the video game podcast, Almost Better Than Silence, where I talk about what I'm playing. And then Lindsay, if you're into the Nelson sisters as a whole, Lindsay has been doing a real play RPG podcast a lot with her character uh, on Myth Takes. M-Y... Yeah. M-Y-T-H. I'm... I've lost my ability to spell. That's how much whiskey I've had. Myth takes. And she's playing a character called Noctis. And she's been on that recently. So you can also find that. But that's everything. Andrew, where can we find you? You can find me on the internet at Dark Driving. Just Twitter and Instagram are probably the two best ways to do that. But also your pet project, Andrew, that's that has so many fans and and talk about yeah. that. Let's let's talk about your type A personality and mm-hmm. icons. Yeah, I digitally I'm very type A. I like to have everything organized. There's nothing on my desktop. I can't I can't even full stop, period. I can't even. So I've made uh I've turned my OCD into a profit generating machine where I sell these icons for like six bucks to help you get organized as well. And then I have some free Star Wars ones. If you're that kind of nerd, you can just go get those for free. Just go put zero. He did that for, in. for May the 4th. In yeah, case that was a was May the 4th why. thing. But they're cool. A lot of people took the free ones. So just go do that. It's great. You can have Vader <laughs> on a folder if you're into the, for all, the, for all your, your evil thing. plans, do, mm-hmm. put that in the Vader folder. That's where that would go. That's all I'm saying. Ooh. Maybe maybe all of the redemptions you plan to have, you could put that in the Vader folder. I don't know. Whatever you're into, you could do that. This is a lot of <laughs> stuff that I cannot speak to. So. Really? And then really quickly, I want to tease something. Whitney and I, uh, I want to shout out to Valerie Norton from Sandbox Strategies. They hooked Whitney and I up with codes yes, for John yes, Wick yes, Hex. yes, yes. We are going to play John Wick Hex, and we have not decided uh, like a bonus release date or anything like that, but we are both about to be playing John Wick Hex and reviewing yeah. it and releasing it on this channel, and we are pumped. And for those of us that don't know everything, what is John Wick Hex? Is that the VR game? No, this is a, it is a, uh, it like just X-Com, came out on PS4. It's like but with John Wick. Yes, oh, very so much so. It's- it's a tactical <laughs> game. I believe it's 20 bucks. It just came to PS4. Uh, it's a prequel to John Wick, mm-hmm. and it features the voices of Ian McShane and Lance Reddick. Mm-hmm. So, so, so the Continental key players are the yes. voices in it. Keanu's voice is not in it. But right. it's exactly like anyway. XCOM tactical whatever, but it's you're playing John Wick. And it's John Wick Hex, and I got the code, and I am hyped so to good. play it and get ready for that review. Awesome. Yeah, we'll have that. Uh, we'll have that coming up, Eric. If you get it, uh, if I 
from what I understand, it sounded like XCOM rang a bell for you. If mm. you have bring tactical game knowledge and would love to be on that, please let me know and we'll make that happen. I have invested an absurd amount of time in <laughs> all of the XCOM games. So all yeah, right. I'll definitely like a lot that out. of time into XCOM. He well, has devoted I've played no XCOM, but he's played a lot of XCOM. There you go. Chapter marker XCOM. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I gotta put this thing on. <laughs> Just get bring it to the end. Chat, thanks for hanging out. Zodi, y'all the best. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Whitney. And thank you all for listening. In the words of Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan, be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. <laughs>